0: Listening to Detroit today on 1019 WDET, I'm Stephen Henderson, and as always, thanks for tuning in. Henry Ford was an anti Semite, and not just in a passive way. This is somebody who actively worked to marginalize and discriminate against Jews here in Michigan and around the globe. Many people know that, some don't. But historian and journalist Bill McGraw thought everyone could use a refresher. He wrote a lengthy article about it for the 100th anniversary of Ford's purchase of a weekly newspaper that he used to spread his bigoted beliefs. Officials in Dearborn are not happy. They have apparently blocked print publication in the Dearborn Historian, which is now owned by the city. Joining us now to talk more about Henry Ford's legacy is Bill McGraw, longtime reporter and editor at the Detroit Free Press, uh, local journalist and historian. Bill, welcome to Detroit Today.
1: Thanks very much for having me.
0: So I want to start by reading an excerpt from the piece uh, that you wrote, uh, which I think really sets up the importance of what we're talking about here Uh, you say in the midst of his fame ford became a media mogul of sorts forming the dearborn publishing company and purchasing the sleepy dearborn independent weekly newspaper which was dying of red ink he published the paper under his name for the first time a hundred years ago in january 1919. under ford the independent became notorious for its unprecedented attacks on jews but Ford's anti Semitism uh, traveled far beyond the Dearborn borders. Showing the marketing expertise that had catapulted Ford Motor into one of the world's most famous brands, Henry Ford's lieutenants vastly widened the reach of his attacks by packaging the paper's anti Semitic content into four books. Experts say The International Jew, distributed across Europe and North America during the rise of fascism in the 1920s and 30s, influenced some of the future rulers. Of Nazi Germany. So, this was again not just somebody who disliked Jews or thought them inferior. This was someone who was very active uh, and maybe at the center of a global campaign uh, to do horrible things to people who uh, believe in the Jewish faith.
1: Well, when you say do horrible things, we, uh, I think we should be clear. He never advocated violence. Right, That's right, one thing right, we can say for right, Henry Ford. He, right. we,
0: we, we can't uh, uh, ascribe the Holocaust, for instance, no. uh, to, to, to Henry Ford.
1: However, I think you're right that most people understand or have some sort of knowledge from school that or whatever that Ford was an anti-Semite. But the details are very telling, and I think most people don't know the details, that Ford was At the center of anti-semitism not just then but he still is because as the story points out his the the um, propaganda that he put out and his people put out in the 1920s still is circulating very um, uh, it's very extensive on the web and on online forums for hate groups so uh, he's had a renaissance so to speak in the digital age and he spent millions and millions of dollars on his campaign in the twenties, his paper was one thing. If he had just had a paper in Dearborn in the twenties, the influence wouldn't have been that great. But his his paper they circulated across the country. He had his four dealers uh, literally throw it into new Model Ts, and um, his book his books are the main thing that I think most people aren't aware of. They were titled The International Jew, and they were a collection of the articles in the independent but it's the books that reached like future Nazis in mm-hmm. Germany and in other places in the world
0: and and so in January 1919 he buys this newspaper uh, and publishes a lot of this kind of uh, rhetoric and and hate uh, about about Jews
1: right uh, the uh, he bought the paper almost exactly a hundred years ago a hundred years ago last week and for about a year and a half it was just sort of a uh, it continued being the kind of um, if you think about like a Saturday evening post or, uh, it, you know, it wasn't a real exciting uh, magazine, uh, but in May of uh, 1920 is when the anti-Semitic attacks took play- started. And they went on for uh, almost two years every week, a large lengthy story that accused Jews of mainly being at the root of all the world's problems, but also scheming to take over the world's financial uh, structure and then uh, also Ford and his people accused Jews of uh, wanting to take over and ruin baseball and jazz and even the American liquor distribution system. So he, they had a lot of complaints about Jews and that went on for two years. It suddenly stopped and then it started up again in 1924 when he attacked this guy Aaron Shapiro who was a um, leader of the foreign co-op movement.
0: And on the cover of the Dearborn historian that you prepared uh, for this story, in fact, you have a quote from uh, the Dearborn Independent. It says the Jew is a race that has no civilization to point to, no aspiring religion, no great achievement in any realm. I mean, this was not uh, a tepid or, or reserved kind of uh, language. I mean, this was a very virulent— uh, Very
1: aggressive. Uh, yeah. Yes. And, and not only did Ford print—and and his people print this stuff, but his number one aide, whose name was Ernest Leibold, uh, who was widely known as an anti-Semite, he hired a bunch of ex-military spies, basically, to go out and spy uh, on American Jews, and especially to target community leaders in various communities— and that information was sent back to Dearborn and that was some of the grist that was used for future attacks on Jews.
0: Yeah. So so uh, we, we should talk about the context in which you're doing this work. Uh, you have been named the editor of the Dearborn Historian, is that right?
1: They asked me this is my second issue. They yeah, yeah. they asked me to be the editor in June.
0: Uh-huh. And so for your second issue as the editor of a publication that Henry Ford uh, once, uh, once had had control of, uh, um, or or is related to uh, this this city that he helped define. You decide that uh, the cover should be an exposition of his racist legacy. I I, I can't imagine that you thought this would go over well.
1: <laughs> well, you know, I actually thought it might go over well because. You know, Dearborn has another hateful mm-hmm. figure in its history, Orville Hubbard. Mm-hmm. And, you know, a couple of years ago, he became back in the news. He, he died in the 70s, but he was back in the news because of his statue. And that was at the same time all those all the stories about statues in the south of Civil War generals was going on. And Dearborn, uh, they had to move a statue because, you know, they sold their city hall to an art space and they moved city hall. But they they could have the statue for many years stood next to City Hall at Schaefer in Michigan, a really busy corner. And, of course, as I think most of your listeners know, he was an ardent segregationist. And so they really, over the space of a couple of years, they downgraded his position where it's really hard to find him now. And mm-hmm. he's not on a big pedestal anymore. He's on the ground. So he's really smaller than he's only about the statues about, I don't know, five, nine or something. So Dearborn and then the, the Dearborn historian under the former editor, David Good wrote very honestly about um, the whole uh, Hubbard controversy. And so as a, as a resident of Dearborn and just an observer, it seemed like Dearborn was, uh, you know, Hubbard was, you couldn't talk about Hubbard in official circles for a long time, but with the passage of time. So I thought, given the fact that, I, I know I've researched this in the past and written about it briefly for the free press, mm-hmm. um given it was the 100th anniversary of his purchase of the Dearborn Independent, and given what's going on in the world today, and especially in the U.S., Charlottesville, Pittsburgh, just last fall. So it seemed like the time was right to do it. But um, Mayor O'Reilly, who, you know, you have to say he's a pretty progressive mayor. Mm -hmm. Uh, He stands up for Dearborn really well, I think, when it's uh, questions about the Mideastern population, national questions. Uh, He uh, And he hasn't said why. Um, He obviously didn't like the... uh, cover in the content, and uh, they're uh, holding up all—they're the, they're not going to distribute this issue. I don't know what they're going to do with it. Uh,
0: have you gotten other reaction to the article?
1: Uh, yes, um, almost unanimously positive, um, except for a few people who leave comments, you know, uh, on various sites that have picked this up. The, the uh, Detroit Jewish News, when it first heard the Dearborn historian was doing the story— they contacted me, and they're carrying in their issue this week a story about the fact that Dearborn was doing the story. So in in some ways, it's really mystifying to me why uh, a mayor of sophistication of some some sophistication like O'Reilly would do something like this that just drew a lot more attention to it. The, we posted the story, or Deadline Detroit posted the story Friday, and they've had uh, tens of thousands of hits on it. So. Uh, especially since yesterday, when word went out, what the, the mayor was uh, holding back the issue. So, um, the, the and there's been other media that has contacted me and is interested in doing stories. Uh, Jalopnik, of all things, of course, it covers the auto industry. Uh, Aaron Marquis is the editor there, and they did uh, something out of yesterday. So there's been very positive and uh, uh, growing response, I guess, after word got out what the mayor was doing.
0: Okay, we're going to take a quick break. When we come back, we're going to continue our conversation with Bill McGraw about Henry Ford's legacy. We want to hear from you. What do you think about Henry Ford's legacy of anti-Semitism? Are you from Dearborn? What do you think about the city's embrace of a man who made history but held and spread really ugly beliefs? Uh, Stay with us and stay with us on the phones. 313-577-1019. We'll be right back with more Detroit Today. You're listening to Detroit today on 101.9 WDET. I'm Stephen Henderson, and as always, thanks for joining. My guest is Bill McGraw a longtime reporter and editor at the Detroit Free Press, a local historian and journalist. Uh, We're talking about his latest piece in The Dearborn Historian, written for The Dearborn Historian, a special report on Henry Ford and his legacy of anti-Semitism. Of course, we all know who Henry Ford is in this community. Uh, Do we know everything about him though? Do we acknowledge the darker parts of uh, his legacy here in Southeast Michigan and around the world? Uh, If you wanna join the conversation, call and tell us what you think of Henry Ford's legacy. What do you think of being reminded of this part of that legacy? Is that something we ought to do and think about? Or ought we just celebrate a guy who, of course, uh, made Detroit what it was, made Detroit known throughout the world for the automobile? As always, the number on the phones is 313-577-1019. That's 313-577-1019. You can also go to the WDET Facebook page and put comments there. Or you can go to Twitter and hashtag Detroit today. Uh, and uh, we'll try to work you into the conversation. Let's go to Ray in Dearborn. Ray, what's on your mind?
2: Hey, good morning, fellas. Uh-huh. Uh, well, my, my first inclination with this conversation is, well, where is the uh, the outrage then? How come we're not demanding the tearing down of the big Ford building there on Southfield and, uh, and Michigan Avenue? And how come we're not protesting and, uh, you know, Throwing rocks at the windows of the Ford plants, and uh, you know, like, uh, like uh, you know, tearing down, similar to tearing down Confederate statues type thing. um, I don't see the outrage uh, Hmm. because Dearborn was basically built on Ford. It was. Uh, And and the other question is, is I'm sure Henry Ford, and I'm just asking a question. I'm not poking a bear or, or making any racist comments. I'm just asking, where did he get these ideas? Are they true? And um, I, I want you to expound a little bit on how you um, came to the conclusion that this, this somehow uh, perpetuated uh, 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 a Nazi hmm. uh, um, a Nazi uh, uh, inclination hmm. to, to hate the Jews. I yeah. want to hear a little bit more on that. Thank Ray, you.
0: I, re- I really appreciate uh, your calling and, and asking those questions. Uh, Bill, there's a lot there. To to talk about, let's start though with the idea of why uh, Henry Ford remains so popular, and that you don't see people taking this out on Ford or the legacy of Ford in other ways.
1: Well, I think one thing is it's so it happened so long ago. You know, there aren't many people who would have read his book back then who are still around, and um, I think it fades with just like everything with the, into the mists of history that. Um, you know, uh, it was, uh, Ford was extremely controversial. First of all, Ford was really well-known in 1920, he was, in 1919, one of the best-known people in the world. And he was a, a folk hero in America for bringing, you know, motors, uh, cars to farms and distant places in America. His... When he started his uh, anti-Jewish campaign, he became very controversial. This was a really hot topic in America during these years. And even presidents like Taft and Wilson signed petitions to tell him to stop doing it. So it was very, very well known then. But like everything, and I think, uh, you know, um, nobody's talking about wanting to... Uh, protest uh, to throw, what did he say, throw rocks through the windows at the Ford uh, thing. You know, this is just about, I mean, this is a history magazine, and it's a Dearborn history magazine, Mm -hmm. so it seemed like it was a very appropriate topic. His, his question about why is a very good one, mm-hmm. and it's one that all the uh, scholars and experts who like have studied why Ford— Henry Ford believed these e- Exactly. Things. Now, right. obviously, back then, 100 if Ford was born in 1863 on a farm at Ford Road, what is now Ford Road in Greenfield. So he's only a long walk to Detroit, but he really lived in an isolated rural community then. He might as well have been living in the middle of Iowa in, in many ways. And so um, what experts have said—and and Ford never discussed his anti-Semitism— at least to someone who was recording him or writing, taking notes. And so the the theories basically go that he lived an isolated life as a kid. He heard a lot of Jewish stereotypes. Uh, As he got older and he became fabulously wealthy, one of the richest men in the world, um, he looked for villains about, uh, you know, he was guarding his money, who's trying to take my money type of thing. Um, Some other theories is that, uh, you know, he was somewhat of a populist, Uh, that um, his uh, ideas of um, what, uh, you know, people should, even though he was one of the uh, huge forces to modernize the world, he was so interested in going back to this idealized past in the 19th century that he kind of was born into. And that um, he saw, however, irrationally, that Jews were out to uh, stymie the kind of programs that he thought were good for america, mm-hmm. so and I think uh, the caller asked a question, "Are they true? No, of these things not. are not true you know right. I mean uh, people have been saying for hundreds, thousands of years well hundreds and hundreds of years that Jews are working on world domination and it, you know so um yeah. that's the theme of basically these of are stereotypes things. and exactly
0: and he was sort of picking up on those stereotypes and amplifying them exactly yeah. uh, again uh, i really appreciate the call and the questions let's go to aaron in detroit aaron welcome to detroit today thanks for taking the call uh-huh. very yeah. interesting i was wondering if mr mcgraw believed that we i've read and we've
1: all heard how
0: uh the rockefeller uh 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 standard oil company supported the uh Nazi war machine with uh fuel and different technology. Uh I've also heard that uh Ford had some involvement in uh machinery uh and different parts uh for uh that particular war did hmm. those uh anti Semitic beliefs have anything
1: to do with his involvement a great- or
0: that's a great question, Aaron. Did did, did uh, these views infect the company and the way it operated?
1: Uh, that's really hard to say. And I, I guess I'm not prepared to say yes or no on that. Now, there's a separate issue that I think the caller was kind of referring to, separate from Henry Ford's anti-Semitism in the 20s. And that question is, along with GM, how much did Ford Motor help the Nazi war effort from their factory in Cologne, Germany, about 15, 20 years ago, that was a big issue because some researchers came up with what they said was uh, new information about that. That's separate from what I wrote, and I'm, I don't really uh, know a lot to talk about uh, Ford Motor and World War II in Germany, but that has been an issue. Um, I know there, has been, there have been some writers who believe they f- have found uh, data that suggests Ford did help uh, uh, Hitler Funding Hitler, but that's that has not been established in any sort of really crabbing yeah. and, way. And, and, and um, to
0: be clear, the history here is complicated because uh, before uh, the 40s, uh, you know, when Hitler comes to power in the late 20s uh, and, and throughout the 30s, there is this this complicated relationship that a lot of people have with him. Uh, not everybody said, hey, look, this is a monster, and right. we ought gotta, we gotta to cut him off.
1: Well, that's one thing that, uh, you know, my story just, I tried to, um, I, since I had researched before this subject before, I knew what was out there, and I tried to, like, bring in what all these various experts have said about Ford and anti-Semitism over the years. And one thing that even biographers and other experts who are, experts on Henry Ford who are sympathetic to Henry Ford say is that his writings influenced Hitler. They yeah. didn't turn Hitler into an anti-Semite, but um, there's no doubt that Hitler was fond of Ford, that Ford being the famous folk hero that he was at that time, hi- him talking about the same things that Henry- that Adolf Hitler was mm-hmm. validated in Hitler's mind right. what he was talking about. And he had a portrait of Ford over his office before he took power and um, there's, uh, you know, plenty of evidence that Ford's and the Dearborn Independent and the International Jew not only influenced Hitler, but at least one other Nazi who was at Nuremberg, who ended up serving 20 years in prison for sending thousands of Viennese Jews to their deaths. He said at Nuremberg that he became a Nazi after he read Mr. Ford's Mr. books. Mr. Ford's books, yeah.
0: Uh, I should also correct myself. Uh, Hitler was appointed in 1933. He wasn't elected in the in the 1920s. Uh, Bill McGraw, longtime reporter and editor around here, uh, thanks very much for being here on Detroit today. Thanks for having me. Yeah. That's going to do it for us today. I'll be back tomorrow. I hope you will too. This is 1019 WDET, Detroit's public radio station, the community service of Wayne State University. We'll see you tomorrow.